Hello and welcome to Listen to the Podcast, Shinji. My name is Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of that, like, just completely monotone thing that Ray says constantly, and I can't remember. Oh, well, whatever. I'm Tyler. Hi. I'm sorry. Speaking the Deutsch. I'm Tyler. Thinking German. Uh, I don't know why that is always stuck in my head. My name is Zach. Just Oscar yelling at him to think in German. Yep. Because there's that one where he's like, what's going on? And it basically just says danger in German. He's riding with her because yep. he's like trying to brag and nothing's working because the thing is trying to basically read both of them. And she's telling, she's like, think in German. See, I just think of Evangelion Redeath, which is basically an abridged series before those existed. Where Oscar just talks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, I remember that one. I never saw that. The things it's I always think of good, are the thinking German and then the synchro episode. Synchro episode's good. It is. Unfortunately, it got dropped from the uh, rebuild movies. Oh, that's sad. Well, I mean, they dropped most things from the rebuild movies. That I know almost nothing about the rebuilds. So, so this podcast is to announce that we are going to cover Evangelion, sort of asterisk. If you're listening to this on our Patreon, then in the near future, TM, 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 we're going to release some episodes covering the rebuild of Evangelion movies. I am a person who has not wanted to do an Evangelion podcast all their life because I have a lot of opinions about Evangelion, but I think a lot of people who are smarter than me and better suited to it already do Evangelion podcasts. That's fair. This was my idea again. Yeah, this was Zach's idea. I do, however, especially having now watched them, want to make Tyler watch the rebuild of Evangelion movies. And I want to watch them, but I need someone to peer pressure me into it, so Originally, here we are. Originally, like, this was supposed to come out around the same time when we got the fourth movie. But then COVID happened, and we didn't record for a long time, and it took months after we started recording again to do this. We had to get caught up. Well, I Stuff mean, at happened. the time, it seemed like a good idea. Let's wait until the fourth movie comes out, because that'll finish. The, the, there's only supposed to be the four of them. Yes, I also, fun fact, it still hasn't come out. Yeah. So yeah, Now this is us just daring Hideki Aino to put out that fourth movie before we get through the first three. So if you're listening to this in the public feed, then it is coming out the same day that the first episode of the reboot movie coverage will be going out on our Patreon. Those are all just going to be on our Patreon. So www.patreon.com slash lastpodcasts is where you can join. And for $5 a month, you can hear us talk about those. And, you know, whatever else we end up doing. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but when the first Rebuild movie came out, I was like, that's really interesting. I'll just wait until they're all done and then watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was probably, well, I'm not sure if that was a poor choice or the right choice. I mean, I've watched them all in like a year ago. And boy, do they get weird and super interesting. I'm very into Evangelion. The same way I'm very into Kingdom Hearts and Metal Gear Solid, Evangelion very much has that same energy of there's a big mystery here, but we're not going to tell you what it is. And I love when stories set things up that way. So I much- love when stories set things up that way. I also like it when they actually pay them off. No, it's, I don't care about the payoff. It's fine. I love how dense Evangelion is and how you can go so deep into it and you can't get any answers by doing that, but you can find just so many new questions that are interesting (laughs) to ask and explore. I love viewing it as a metaphor for animation in which Hideki Aino is both Gendo Ikari, the mastermind whose everything works just as planned, and Shinji Ikari, the guy who has no idea what's going on and is being pressured by people with a budget to just animate the whole thing by his goddamn self. And he cannot and also doesn't know how to talk to his female co-workers. 
robot Shinji. Where the hell did all that come from? Th- that is an analogy many people see Evangelion as, because Hideki Aino worked under Miyazaki, who is infamous for yelling a lot at his uh, animators. Mi- yeah, Miyazaki and- is kind of a dick, it turns out. But- you know, like Kubrick, like people who are really good at making movies, and he kind of took Aino under his wing. He's like, you're actually really good. And so many people see Gendo Ikari as a stand-in for Miyazaki, and Shinji as a stand-in for Aino. But if you look at Aino's relationship with Gainax and how much pressure they were putting on him to make Evangelion a success, he kind of feels like he's both swindling the people giving him money into doing his own thing, like Gendo Ikari is, and also um, like he's the person the whole pressure of the world is on. Also, they can only afford to animate the Avis for six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And the Evangelions can only run for how long? (laughs) Three minutes, I want to say. I honestly, I don't. I'm pretty I sure think it's five they, minutes. Once they okay. detach the batteries, it's like three minutes. Or once they detach the uh, the plug, the batteries are good for like three minutes. So this podcast is just us talking about our experience with Evangelion, our background on it. Before we go into it, I suppose I'll start. Evangelion is a thing I'd heard a lot about before I actually saw it. I think I first saw it when it aired on Adult Swim in the mid-2000s. That sounds right. I know Toonami showed a couple of episodes before that that I'd seen. And I know I watched an episode or two in our anime club, but that was the first time I got it all. And I was immediately attracted to how dense it was. Although that mostly meant looking at other people's theories online and trying to read what people thought happened in Evangelion. I remember, like most people, just really bouncing off hard on that ending and trying to get the end of Evangelion on Netflix back when you needed to wait for them to send you a disc (laughs) so I could actually watch it. Although, in hindsight, I think the original TV ending of Evangelion is far more powerful and better than the end of Evangelion, where everybody dies. And then Shinji chokes Asuka, and she's like, finally, this is the only thing I wanted from you the entire time (laughs) of our relationship. I know I've said on my podcast that my feeling is that Evangelion is a series about two people, one who doesn't show up until episode nine, who are both submissives that are trying to get each other to dom them because that's what they need in their lives. But they're teenagers and don't realize that the other one is incapable of uh, giving them their sexual needs. But that's very much how I view Evangelion. <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> okay. Wow. I mean, Asuka's got a lot. She's got a lot of issues. Yeah, a lot going on. So does Shinji. On. Yeah. And then there's Ray. Hey, Ray. Ray doesn't have a personality, which means no issues. But then she slowly grows when she gets some issues and then decides to kill herself for these dumb teenagers. But then it just compounds their issues when a new Ray shows up and she doesn't have the personality of the old Ray. Also, Gendo Ikari is the best dad. <laughs> uh, that's a take. He's a good father figure. I mean, he's slightly better than Oedipus. Oedipus did nothing wrong. What did Oedipus do? What he should have done. Oh, wait. No, sorry. No, you're thinking of that's Oedipus's dad. Yeah, I'm thinking of Oedipus's dad, whose name I don't think Oedipus had. Did Oedipus actually have kids? He has a daughter. Yep. Who ends up going on adventures with him when he's blind because he has gouged his eyes out in a later play that's name I do not remember. I have a copy of the, or of the, it's called Oedipus Rex Cycle, right? I think the only reason why anybody knows about Oedipus is because of that. I think it's the middle one. Where he actually, like, takes over the... Where he fulfills the prophecy. No, it's the first one. Is is that the actual prophecy? Uh, yep. First one? Okay. Yep. That's also where you get Educasa Complex, I which is... I sure if there was a one before that. No, it's it's that one, and then the second one is his daughter, like, touring him around the kingdom while he's an old man, and they go and see the Oracle or something. And then the third one is, like, Redemption or something. I don't know. I didn't like it very much. Oedipus Rex is the only one anyone actually reads. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of Evangelion because of all the space it leaves, because there's so much psychological 
nonsense and Christian nonsense that honestly is just cool words and images they threw in there. The psychology stuff kind of plays in more. This is where I and I think a lot of people learned about the hedgehog's dilemma, which is a real thing and a thing that every teenager, I think, suffers from. I probably know what that is, but I don't think I've ever heard it by that name. What is the hedgehog's dilemma? It is a metaphor for human interaction that compares them to hedgehogs. Hedgehogs want physical intimacy, but by getting close, they risk pricking each other with their spines. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's pretty simple. You know, as soon as you started describing it, two words in, I'm like, oh, I bet it's just because the hedgehogs are pointy, right? Yeah. Right? Right? It's a metaphor for the more you confide in someone the more likely they are to cause you harm. And therefore, it is difficult to truly confide in somebody, which is kind of the theme of Evangelion as a whole, because at the end, they just want to uh, delete the barriers between people and have a hive mind. And then, yeah, and then Psychic Assault. And then it is that one show that I keep always draw a blank on the goddamn name of. Congratulations. Blue Gender is all I can think, and I know No, not Blue Gender, although, man, I love me some Blue Gender. It is a weird-ass show. Talking about weird robot shows. Yeah. It's the one about the person who goes around and beating people with... Paranoia agent. Paranoia agent, yeah, thank you, and it's a metaphor for, like, your mind-breaking and, like, like, seeing your place in society by, like, not trying to fit into society anymore. I don't know. I like that one for actually a lot of the same reason. It's like extremely vague about what the hell it actually means, so it leaves it open to interpretation. But also, they're obviously trying to say something. You just have to figure out what that is. So what's your history and feelings on Evangelion, Tyler? So like you, I had heard a lot more about it than before I actually got around to watching it. I think I actually lived in this house by the time I got around to watching it. And I watched it with Alex, and it was one of the first anime she ever watched. And Ooh, that was a choice. Yeah, it was it was certainly a choice. Oh no, we watched like two or three episodes and she's like, huh, this is interesting. We should watch more of it. I'm like, okay, sure. At the end of it, I'm not sure I So one, my retention on it has not been great. I remember very little about Evangelion. Um, I mostly remember the great the great, great memes and also Gendo constantly doing the magnificent bastard eye or uh, glasses push. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think I've ever seen anybody who actually wears glasses do that on a consistent basis. <laughs> Visual jokes don't work on the podcast. <laughs> I remember watching the first episode and seeing that first Angel Land and being like, well, that is rad as heck. And I pretty much watched the entire rest of the series based on that. And then it was like weird high school drama. And then it got really weird again. And then it got really weird. And then Beethoven's Fifth started playing. <laughs> and then it got ended. I... They ran out of money in there somewhere. They ran out of money in there somewhere. I believe that is true. I remember coming away from watching it thinking I did not understand why people talked so much about this show. I thought it was an extremely mediocre mecha anime, and I think I was watching it for the wrong reasons at the time. It's because there's so many blank blank spaces in between the lines. That's why so many people talk about it. I think there's a lot of that. I also think it's a series that you will view very differently if you watch it as a teenager, because it's one of those that will talk frankly about those psychological problems. And and, and the problem is I watched it as like an early 20 something yep. and I had already gone past all those psychological problems. So I'm like, well, this sure is a uh, high school age robot anime. I think there is actually a lot more to it than I gave it credit for at the time, but like I said, it's incredibly dense. Does that make it good or not? I don't know, but I like how dense it is. And that's part of the reason that I think so many podcasts about it have propped up. And also the reason I don't want to do one. 
because um, <laughs> there's just so much to unpack on every episode. Like I said, you can view it from, like I said, as a metaphor of two people in a relationship who cannot give each other what the other needs and do not understand that. You can view it, as I said, about an analogy of making an anime and it being corporate. You can view it as just a robot show where they have to fight a new Godzilla every week. You can try to view it through the Christian angle, although that's a frustrating and ultimately pointless way to view it, because at the end of the day, those are just images there. I think this is one of the series that was a gateway to Lovecraftian stuff for me, even though it's not really Lovecraftian inspired. It's definitely playing in the same space, right? Yeah, they're like giant monsters whose natures you can't really comprehend, and they just want humans dead for some reason. And I love the idea of trying to fight that with a giant robot. <laughs> and like as the series goes on, the Evangelians are less and less the appropriate or correct weapon to be fighting these monsters. Definitely. This does make me want to do a follow-up, like an unexpected, like, guess what? We're doing a follow-up to our Eva series where we talk about Pacific Rim. <laughs> uh, I love Pacific Rim. That is such a I've stupid I've never watched movie. it, and I really want to. I own Pacific Rim. Hideki Aino did a Godzilla movie, and it is basically just what if Godzilla was the first angel before we had Evangelions. That's pretty good. And it's all about, like, Godzilla evolving to uh, adapt to the threats they are trying to throw at it, and them trying to defeat it before it can adapt. Interesting. So it's like the Borg, but a giant, or but a kaiju. But Godzilla, yes. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. It's also about how incompetent the Japanese government is, because it happened right after that tsunami. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, I remember hearing about this movie, actually. I think you heard about this movie from Jeremy. I'm 100% sure that's true, yes. Also, Funimation dubbed it, so the main character is voiced by Johnny Youngbosch. <laughs> so, do you want to see Johnny Youngbosch fight Godzilla? Yes. Watch Power Rangers. It was the first thing he was on. Zach, it's your turn. Briefly. My um, experience with Evangelion is I had heard some about it from my friends in high school. I borrowed a copy of it from Jeremy. A bootleg copy, because I... It was the first bootleg I bought because I was like, this is a legit thing, right? You would only sell a legit thing on the website Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it. And at the time, I remember enjoying it up till the point where the giant mechs stopped being a major thing. At which point, it stopped being a mecha anime. Which... <laughs> at which point, it stopped being a mecha anime. And I think I watched it at the wrong time, too, because I wasn't a teenager at the time. I was also in my early 20s, I think, when I first saw it. Because I think I was going to college at the time. I mean, I bought it when I was in college, and we so are the definitely, same age. Definitely, yeah, then. I just I don't really remember when it came up. And, like, watching it, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I kind of like some of these characters. I like some of the designs on the mecha, but, like, when they started getting into the psychological problems, I mean, I'll be entirely honest, at the time, I probably wasn't mature enough to really get past, get the fuck over it, but... Uh, I'm also not exactly the most empathetic person on the planet, so... That's fair. <laughs> um, like, when Shinji gets all depressed, it's like, all right, get over it. There are more important things than you. So, I'm probably the wrong person for that, and I don't... Get I out of the damn robot, Shinji. I wasn't doing a lot of analysis. Well, it's like, get in the robot, because it's either you get in the robot and man the fuck up, or humanity goes away. Like, humanity dies or you man up. Yeah, so, that is true. With those stakes... So, like, that's what I was looking at. I wasn't doing any analysis, just looking at it through the surface value. And then I got a friend of mine who likes Evangelion, and he actually got the first two movies. So I saw those uh, when he picked those up. And, like, the first one, it's very similar to the original series. 
with a minor change. The second one, things really are off the rails from the first series. They're not even off the rails, really. They feel that way in isolation, but what it really is is accelerating. And what you don't realize, unless I think you watch the third one or you're looking at it from a high view, is that the first movie is the first eight episodes, basically. It's until right before Asuka shows up. The second movie is everything from then until the ending. And not like the not the actual ending part, not the last two episodes, but it accelerates hugely. Well, it, it, Asuka shows up, Asuka does her first fight, and then they combine the sort of failed Evangelion test with the end of the series and Ava Unit 1 absorbing the S2 engine and going berserk. And it's all sort of interpreted as well. I don't think two ends with that because I don't, rem- but I don't really remember. I know that two, well, I say two went off the rails because it introduces the character that they created for this. And that is one of the things that throws things kind of out of whack because she starts doing things that I think Asuka did originally. A couple. But I don't remember it, but it also could have been a situation where they didn't have the money to animate it because Evangelion is also a series that notoriously ran out of money for its last like five episodes. Which is super ironic because now it's just a thing Hideki Aino like, will put out a new movie when he wants to print a bunch of money so he can finance someone else's anime. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the main things I remember from the original series is in those last episodes going, what the fuck is going on? And then getting that alternate timeline <laughs> yeah. brief scene it, it, it is a psychic assault where all humans have joined in a single consciousness and weirdly i have around that time i think it must have just been a popular idea to play with i had like six pieces of media that all ended up with that i'm like guys it's not that cool a concept well i think a lot of it is evangelion is what evangelion's probably the most influential anime to ever exist in that the entire anime market now is revolves around selling figures of your cute girls, and that starts with Asuka and Ray. That's fair. And to be fair, can't Asuka- imagine why that would happen. Asuka <laughs> has a kick-ass character design. Her color palette's great. She's grumpy. That's also pretty good. And I think Asuka and Ray are a Betty and Veronica, right? In a little bit. Yeah. There is one for you. I- am I presuming we're all Team Asuka here? When I was younger, I was definitely Team Ray, but I am at- I've never had any appeal on Ray. I mean, I love her as a character, but she's so blank, and that's the problem. Yeah. She's very Japanese, like, fantasy idealism, right? Whereas I want a girl who will yell at me and tell me what an idiot I am before she kicks me. I mean, that's not necessarily what I'm into, but... <laughs> <laughs> but like, between the two, right? Well, like, it's more of an equal footing. Like, I expect people to call me a dumbass when I fuck up but I expect to do the same in reverse, whereas Ray is not going to do that. Yeah. So, I think granted, actually, I'm also the only one who's never had a relationship, so what do I know? I think the reason, actually, I really liked Ray when I first watched it is because of the weird she's a clone twist, and I think that endeared me to her more as a character than necessarily the character actually deserved we're also discussing a bunch of things i'm like i can't remember we're discussing a bunch of plot points i vaguely remember and as you mentioned i'm like oh yeah that's also a thing that happened to the show god damn a lot of weird shit happened to the show it's weird because like i really enjoyed evangelion while it was being monster of the week and i'm not usually a monster of the week guy i think i was in the same boat i think i liked it when it was monster of the week and actually about the time that unit one went berserk i'm like well, that came out of nowhere, what's going on? But I think now, through a more critical lens, I would enjoy that a lot more. Well, I think it's partly because I was watching it not for a critical lens. I was watching it because I wanted to see giant mecha fighting kaiju. I didn't want to think about it. It's like that meme that's just a picture of Evangelion Unit 1. 
that says cool robot. And over it is just uh, human relationships are hard. I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, it's super common in Japanese media. I feel like Shinji Ikari is the first depressed protagonist I ever saw. I mean, Amuro Ray, he's is predates him and I saw Gundam first. So that's not really true. But Shinji is so much more clearly depressed. He needs his dad to get him a psychologist. But his dad is like, no, that will ruin my plans to resurrect my wife using a giant robot. I like how you did the glasses thing while you're doing that. (laughs) It's because I have to in order to get into the Gendo Akari mindset. Yeah, so I don't know. Evangelion's always been kind of weird to me. I feel like I wasn't watching it with the right attitude. Yeah, I'm not even sure that's it. It was not the show for me at the time that I watched it, I think. And I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more like five years before and five years later. But right when I watched it was not the right time. And we just recorded our episode on Metal Gear Solid a week ago. And Metal Gear Solid and Evangelion have so much in common. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VII and Evangelion have so much in common. Evangelion was a, ser- was a series that didn't just touch on its own like subgenre of anime it branched out to a lot more locations like you said final fantasy took elements from it some other manga took elements from it yeah like i said the entire anime industry i feel like now is based on the success of evangelion they completely morphed and evangelion is one of the last series that was created in the 90s boom where they just had a bunch of money to make whatever they wanted (laughs) and they were making a giant robot show where you could sell toys so even better but as the bubble collapsed and you couldn't sell an episode for $100 anymore and the anime started shrinking and shrinking, more and more of the money came from cute figures. And now you have things where, like, that's the entire marketing strategy. Buy all our plays that's in toys. I mean, it's not for everything, but it's definitely an influence. I think there are some series that de- that's definitely the case. But there are also some series where that's not what they're developing it for. I'm, but I've also not spent a lot of time looking for figures like that. How cynical it is, I think, varies from series to series. Rising of the Shield Hero is not a series where I think they're like, ah, and we can sell lots of cute Raftalia dolls. But there are lots of that cute and perverted Raftalia <laughs> figures they be selling. And I guarantee you, that's making more money than streaming on Crunchyroll. For sure. Uh, yeah, I would say that series in particular, I feel like they go to great lengths to make that not a thing. And then it is a thing anyway. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of people. I believe you mean boner power. I wasn't going to be. <laughs> Shinji, the boner power Generic. is too low. You have to think very sexy thoughts or the Evangelion is going to collapse. That's the other thing I fucking love about Evangelion. It has the best techno babble in the world. <laughs> if you want to talk about the Hadrian Sea and the Magi computing and the calculations are no good because the AT field is going to collapse. What if we do an inverse Daedric Sea hole? It's good because it's like got some weird like it's almost Lovecraftian, right? Yeah. It's like they've harnessed eldritch energies into these giant robots and it's so dumb. I love that. And just like the quickness with which the lines are delivered to each other. And they have those bridge bunnies, you know, those three characters that basically just sit in chairs to deliver lines. But that's such a good use for them uh, with Masato and Ritsuko as more serious characters there to play off them. Man, I'm I remember now remembering that. the cast of this show. Like, there's a lot of characters in this. Hey, remember how there's a penguin in this series? Yeah, I was just no remembering reason. that. Yeah, I forgot about the penguin. Didn't Eva also have, like, a ton of, like, spinoff things? Wasn't oh, there, oh. like, an actual high school AU? Yes, there's an actual high school AU. There's Shinji Akari Raising Project, which is just a game where you can get Shinji to oh, date a girl. I remember and then that. everything turns out okay because he has self-confidence and... 
I remember that wow. specifically because we mentioned that on an episode of last time they recorded forever ago, and I had to go find the Wikipedia article on it because I couldn't remember the name of it, and I had to go digging for it. And man, did I find a lot of disturbing fan fiction. I mean, I for a long time read a fan fiction that was called What If Shinji Ikari Played Warhammer 40k, which is about Shinji <laughs> oh Ikari God. learning battle tactics and that his life isn't so bad from a grim future where everything is war. And he stands up to his dad more. <laughs> uh, everything is better with 40k. And I think that fa- 40k. And I think that fanfic might be the exact intersection of where our fan base is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got a great title. Who even would have thought of something like that? I believe his name was Charles Bespin, or that is the pen name he went by. But I'm trying to remember this fanfic I haven't read in over 10 years, so. Sometimes the weird intersection of two different things creates something that's just great, even when you're not thinking about it too hard. Gun to Bill Fighters. Not what I was thinking of, but okay. I was it's actually so think- dumb. I was thinking of Fallout Equestria, actually. Oh yeah, Fallout <laughs> Equestria is also, like, legit a good setting. It's, I don't know, it's just good. I think it's mostly because Fallout is is a good setting to begin with. Yeah, but- And then you add magic. And also the factionalization. To be fair, I am, like, really into Weird West, too, and, like, to some extent, like, Wild West is also kind of post-apocalypse. Like, Fallout is the Wild West, basically. Fallout is a spaghetti western with nukes. (laughs) And Chandler Bing. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess my general takeaway from this is I remember very little about Eva, but man, I'm excited to go watch some Eva movies. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, what are you expecting from them, from our, like, vague talks about it? Like I said, I've seen all three of them. I'm not entirely sure that I have expectations. Like, I remember so little of watching Evangelion for some reason. And, like, it's the only show that I have such a massive blank spot for, and I don't know why. I'm almost going into them fresh. Honestly, I think you've probably got a blank spot for them because you've seen better stuff since. I had seen I've better stuff it. before. I mean, I've said it on the Discord at one point or another that... I think Evangelion's overrated. That was my impression after I finished watching it, and I, yes, probably, but I honestly don't know. And I am the person who will defend it, and that's part of the reason I don't want to do a podcast on it, is it's so deep, I feel like I don't have time to defend it. We've got to get in here and talk about all these things going on. Um, <laughs> get like, into the plot, Shinji. That's one of the reasons why I don't mind doing a a short series on the movies. Yeah, that's I, and I think that's a fair compromise. Also, that third, you say that second movie goes off the rails. I haven't seen the third movie. The third movie is but the I've one where Misato is piloting a battleship that is powered by Evangelion Unit 1. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard about it. Mostly, mostly I think, from you. The second one is Space Pirate Asuka, right? Uh, no, no that that's the third, the third one. one. Okay, oh, excellent. That, I'm, I'm looking forward she, to Space Pirate Asuka. She gets Asuka. turned into Space Pirate Asuka due to events in the second movie, but she doesn't appear as Space Pirate Asuka until the third movie. I'm just uh, really quickly checking my phone for space. Pirate Asuka. Uh, safe search is off by default. Let's see what <laughs> I'm getting here. Okay, well, these are just adorable. These are just chippy space pirate Asuka. She's not even a, It's just her wearing a hoodie and also an eye patch. This one, though, that one's great. Well, it's her as Captain Harlock. Yep. Oh, man. Okay, so we can, can we talk about Harlock sometime? I can't stop you from doing it right now if you want. Well, I don't. I just. We should just watch Harlock sometime. It's, it's Play Super Robot Wars T. He's in it. What? Okay, well, you got me. You you would have you think you would have had me at both Spike and Domone, but no, you had me at Harlock. That's the thing that got me. 
Yeah, Harlock's totally in that one. Neither of you guys have watched Steven Universe, have you? No. Nope. I, I, I bounced right off it. One of the characters, uh, I don't blame you. It gets way better the more you watch it, but it like it's a... It's, it seems like a show like, for me. That as, sounds more like Stockholm Syndrome, Tyler. As, no, it more just builds on itself really well. As a guy who likes Shinji Ikari and Sailor Moon, it seems like it's made for me, but I did not like it. No, that's fair. Uh, especially that first season is really rough because they didn't really know what they wanted to be. Anyway, moral of the story, eventually, uh, one of the characters is basically just Harlock and like his design is nearly identical and it's awesome and I didn't realize it until after I had already finished watching the entire thing because I hadn't heard of Harlock until then. Then I started watching this weird guy who reviews like weird 80s anime and he's like, hey, by the way, Harlock, you should go watch that. I'm like, oh, I should. The Golden Skull? Anyway. Yeah, well, I think of Space Captain Harlock is a thing that Second and Charles really wants to sell. Because when you go there, they just like have volumes of it. Like their popular manga section is basically just My Hero Academia stuff, and then for some reason, some volumes are har- of Harlock are in there. To be fair, Harlock's not good or not great. It's just good. It's enjoyable consistently. It's the Law and Order of manga. I think the weird, like the most random thing I've ever encountered at Second and Charles was they had a copy of Ghost Talker's Daydream at one point. I'm sorry. Are we talking about the ghost talkers from Metal Gear or is this something else? This is something else. Okay. <laughs> it's something that I've encountered before and been like, what the hell is that? And looked at it. It's like out of print, super hard to find. And they had it for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy this right now. But And I kind of regret not doing that. That's why when I saw a Mayron Hawk doll at Second and Charles, <laughs> I did buy it. I re- you sent a picture of it and I'm trying to remember what pose. Is she just like in generic like? Yeah, she's in her yeah. Zaft uniform like hands at her side. It's like you okay. compose her. She she says voice lines if you press her button, so. Giggity? It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't meant to be kinky, but it definitely sounded that way by the time I was done. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I need the Lacus figure that does that, not the Mayron one. Plus, Mayron with her hair down, way sexier than Mayron with the pigtails. And I agree. The, that, that is what this doll is. Mayron with the pigtails? Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's how she appears in like 90% of the show, so. Anything else you want to say about Evangelion? If you want to hear us talk about Evangelion Rebuild Movie 1, you are not alone. Like I said, if you're listening to this on Patreon, it'll be available soon. And if you're listening it on the regular feed, it is on our Patreon right now. And that's probably the only time we're going to cover Evangelion, unless something weird happens. Because like I said, I don't want to do a whole podcast on it. There's a ton of Gundam for us to talk about. And there's other Gundam Seed-related stuff for us to go to if we're going to get off the Gundam train. Or just other Sunrise stuff to go to because they do a lot of very similar mecha. Well, you say that. Did a lot of very similar mecha. I yeah, think okay, that's accurate. fair, yes. I mean, honestly, it's still 2020 at the time of recording this. and uh, So we might not be alive by the time that oh, I Second was Impact s- might be now. Yeah, I was going to say, if a random angel attacks, then uh, I, feel I like will the coronavirus to- is probably the fourth angel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. We all know that they attack. Um, what's it called? Tokyo. Japan first. Yeah, what is the rest of the world like in... Well, Nevada is destroyed because of an S2 engine mistake, because that's where they were building Evangelions, and it imploded, and it's just gone now. That implies... Wait, just got like... What? <laughs> it's like a black hole. Interesting. That's um, Nevada. No one cares about You know, Nevada I have anyway. a horror anthology set in basically that exact same setting, except it's a suburb of New York. Anyway, also, that implies that there's anything in Nevada in the first place to destroy. Las Vegas is there. No one cares. Half of Lake Tahoe is there. Uh, you know that one issue of Invincible where yes, they just blast Las just... Vegas? I do think we should actually just do that. I mean, obviously, we should move people out first, but... <laughs> 
No, see, you don't have to worry about that. That's the thing. If the coronavirus had started in Las Vegas, it would have been fine because we all know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So anyway, I listened to <laughs> an entire podcast recently on crimes committed by Elvis impersonators. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds hilarious. It's really amusing. I highly recommend Wine and Crime. It's three ladies from Minnesota talking about weird crimes that happened. And, and this episode is called Elvis Crimes. I so, feel like crime podcasts are way more popular than any podcast we could ever do. Oh, yeah, for sure. True crime is super, super popular. I listened to two of them, and I'm not even a true crime enthusiast. I have never actually listened to an episode of My Favorite Murder, but I have heard it described as two women just talking about their life for 40 minutes and then talking about a murder for 10 minutes at the end. Yep. I mean, to be fair, that's basically what last time is for us. Yes, I right? know. <laughs> I'm just saying that we could just pivot to murders. That is also 100% that's uh. And that's why we drink, because it's just Em and Christine talking. Actually, no, they tell really interesting stories. About 20 minutes of it is them shooting the shit, and then 40 minutes is a really weird ghost story, and 40 minutes is a really interesting true crime story. So never mind, that one's not a good example. Wine and Crime definitely is that, though. So, And also Elvis Crimes. One of the guys is described as looking as a potato, so I had to go look up a picture of him, and yep, he's a potato. But he seems real good, apparently. He's still performing to this day in Las Vegas. His name is... Tim Conley. Ah, I was something you're saying. Uh, say potato. He <laughs> murdered two people, and he's not in jail right now. <laughs> he was in jail. He must be in the government. <laughs> <laughs> he was in jail. Then he just like left one day, and they're like, eh, "It's uh, no one cares that much." So <laughs> no one liked those guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, even Gellion, um, we're gonna do that. Yeah, I don't know that we have anything more for this episode. So wait, actually, maybe I'm not sure if we need to cut this after recording it, but like what format are we going to do it in? Are we going to like watch it? Yeah, I believe we'll be doing them in the It's a Gundam format. Okay. Um, pr maybe a little more abbreviated because I don't know that I want, you know, three hour long podcasts on these they're movies. Each 90 minutes. I yeah, think. I was going to say we could split it up into like 30 minute chunks or something. I think something. that's worse episode content. Though, that's so. fair. Because it's a it's a constant thing it's not broken up on its own so we'd be trying to break it up but so that's we... why you got to pay us that patreon money if you want to hear it <laughs> we're just gonna hit it with an n2 mine and hope that makes a good podcast sounds like a plan i mean it's, i've heard worse plans all right so i think that will do it for this episode thank you very much for listening and hey if you're like excited about this like let us know or you know if you're not excited about it also, let us know and tell us what you would be more excited about. Yeah, tell us why you would pay us $5 for Patreon, and maybe we'll record a podcast about that. Yeah, may someone else come up with an idea that that way we're no longer using my terrible ideas. Do you want to hear us talk about Dragon Ball Evolution? Oh, oh God, boy. please, no. I do. I want to talk about Dragon Ball Evolution. I had an idea on the way down here. Do you want to hear us talk about the worst episode of Power Rangers? Which? Uh, it's the Double Invisible episode. Oh, okay, that one. I know which one that is. So, as I said, that will be coming soon. Or if you're listening to this on the public broadcast system, <laughs> that's not what that's called. The public feed, it's available. The first podcast is available right now. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, don't get into any giant robots. <laughs> <laughs>